Welcome to the School Business Leadership Podcast. In today's episode, I'm joined by Tina Button, and we are talking about how important positive professional relationships are when it comes to getting things done. From the head teacher to the SLT, from the staff to the governors, to the parents, to the contractors, to local businesses, and of course you, our fellow SBL colleagues, Tina shares her tips, advice, and wisdom about how to build and maintain those all-important stakeholder relationships. Let's dive in. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Tina Button. Tina is a school business manager in a special school and has worked in education for 18 years. She has previously had roles not only as a school business manager, but also within the LA as an exclusions officer and in a finance role supporting schools with their SEN funding. She moved into education to spend more time with a young family and has never looked back. Tina is AAT and DSBM qualified and has also completed the ISBO Level 7 Bridging Module. In her spare time, she loves to garden, sew and eat cake. Today, Tina is joining me to talk about how SBLs can get things done. More specifically, how important our professional relationships are when it comes to making stuff happen. Welcome, Tina. Hi, Laura. Thank you for joining me to talk about this because it's such an important topic and we are forever mining knowledge and learning about compliance and all kinds of things like that. And actually building relationships is something we don't talk about enough. So I really appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Where do you want to start? We, we talk about so many things, like you say, that are very concrete and very things that we have to have in place. But I think, you know, as a school business leader, there are so many things that are clearly laid out. There are finance regulations and there's information that we need to send through to the Department for Education, policies that tell you exactly what a school should be doing. But I feel really strongly that there are other things which can really help you to be a successful business leader. And one of those things is the strength of the relationships that you have with other people. And that's a, a wide, wide range of people, people in school, but people away from school as well. And I think probably relationships sounds a bit woolly when you think of all the other things that we have to do that are so prescriptive. And it's not something that's offered in any CPD either to school business leaders. But I, in my mind, it's key. And I think it has been as, as in the two schools that I've worked in. And I think collaboration and influence can help you get so much further with what you want to do. So I suppose really it's about, you know, thinking about who you need to build those relationships with. And in, in my mind, the most important one is probably the relationship you have with your head teacher. I'm, I'm really lucky. I have a great relationship with my current head. He totally understands the role of the school business manager and values it hugely. And when my current job was advertised, I rang him and asked to meet with him and look around the school. And that first visit was when I made my mind up that I knew I could work with him. He was totally on the ball. He knew the nuances of a special school budget, which are somewhat more complicated than a mainstream school budget. I didn't realise how complicated until I started there. And he knew exactly what position the budget was in currently. And he had a plan in his head for the next few years. And the head that I was working for, I'd worked for previously, she was an absolutely lovely lady. And I, I liked working with her. Um, but she thought the budget was bottomless. Um, mm -hmm. Whilst I, I would sort of squirrel money away so, so for example we had um windows in the hall that were the old metal I think crittle windows and um the windows were leaking and they desperately desperately needed replacing and I'd worked my way around other bits of the school and um I got money put to one side and she'd want to spend it on other things there were always things that would make the school look pretty but mm. I wanted to make sure the school would be left standing really um, and I left the school when I realised that 
we couldn't really go on with me advising and her not listening as we would have ended up in a deficit position and, and that really worried me and that you know part of our role yes we have to do what um the head teacher is in charge absolutely and we have to do um to make sure that we get the things that they want but i when it reaches a point when you feel that the advice you're giving them is not being listened to um it, it kind of felt for me that that was the time to go so mm-hmm. i think if you and your head teacher have a good working relationship where you both know each other's roles well and i think that's a key part of it them understanding what you do i think you can get so much more done in terms of building your relationship with a head teacher, like you say, understanding mm-hmm. each other's roles is essential. But where would you advise business managers to start at the very beginning? Because even if you understand each other's roles, it's about building that level of professional trust, isn't it, in terms it, of the decisions that you make? Yeah, absolutely. I think trust is key. Um, and I think, and it does take time to build that because they, you have to learn each other's little traits and foibles and um and that that come that goes with time um but i think it is about you understanding their position um and head teachers in a really tricky position and, mm. and understanding exactly what they're trying to achieve and how they're trying to run the school but at the same time them also understanding your perspective and, and you wanting to support them with those decisions and the things they want to do but um making sure that that's sustainable over a period of time it's very easy for somebody to say we need this now and it's our job to politely say to them and yes that would be great but you know three years down the line if we take on this person that's going to cost us seventy five thousand pound a year now where is that (laughs) going to leave us in three years time you may have it in the budget this year but um, and so I think it's it's that trust. It's saying I, I, I totally see what you mean, but can you see it from my perspective too? And I, I think generally that's something that my head teacher and I do quite well. We were laughing the other day though that we did say that he's the ideas man and I make them happen. And very often <laughs> the ideas I laugh at first, and I just kind of get really. <laughs> but then after I've had a bit of thinking time, I think okay, now I can see what you mean, and 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 we make it work. We make it happen. Um, and I think, uh, I, I, yeah, I think trust is absolutely key. That's the most important part of it. I suppose an extension of that is it's trust that you are on their side. You are not saying no just to be awkward or no. be obstructive. It's about, I'm saying no, because I'm trying to stop you falling into a hole, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and then the next group of people I, I would talk about, um, and, and that, I think that is also one that, not that I've struggled with, but it's helping people understand um, because the next the next group of people will be the rest of the senior leadership team. And I know mm. whereas with my current head teacher, he gets it, I know the rest of the leadership team haven't been as responsible for the budget as he has. So he can understand why perhaps sometimes I'm I'm saying, well, do you really think that's a good idea? Whereas um, other members of the leadership team who haven't, managed a large budget like that in the past may have a slightly different perspective but that's not their fault that's because they haven't had to deal with that before and mm. so again I think honesty with the rest of the leadership team is key and understanding the intricacies of each other's roles and I, I try hard to learn about the responsibilities of each member of our leadership team we have two deputy heads three assistant heads and I, I've taken time to try and understand what each one of them does but also I'm trying to 
educate them in the ways of finance and site, if you like. Um, it's, I think they, I, I think it, it's more difficult for them to understand that because they're coming at it from a slightly different perspective. Sometimes it, it, it feels a little bit like we're on the back foot as business managers. We're the only ones on the leadership team with no teaching qualification. And that can feel quite isolated. So it's key that you take time to build relationships with the rest of your leadership team, mostly to help them understand what you do and why you do it and what a positive effect your role can have on a school when you do it well. And that's fairly recently when we've had, um, so for example, our deputy head um, has been looking at taking on an additional member of staff to help support to, to support our children, but also to help support staff with things like supervision and stuff like that. And the bottom line suggests we can afford it this year. And I had to have a conversation with her and say, well, yes, we can afford it this year, absolutely. But if we look at that longer term, are we going to be able to afford it for the next three years? And when we look at my budget forecast for the next three years, um, we can't be certain what our income is going to be. So... Yeah. It's it's explaining this is this is why I'm hesitant because yes, I can see we could absolutely do it now, but potentially in 12 months' time our situation might be a little bit different. And if we take somebody on, on a permanent contract now, we might not be, you know, that leaves us in a challenging position in 12 months' time. Um and it's it's I think for a head who's been in post for a long time, as my head has, he understands that. And he knows that, you know, we have to look at the bigger picture. But for somebody who's fairly new in either as an assistant head or a deputy head, that's something that it takes time to learn. And you can't, you have to help them learn that. You can't just say, well, you should know it because they shouldn't, because that's something that you, you know, the same way that we gain our knowledge over time, they do too. So I think it's about, you know, building that relationship with your, with your, the rest of the leadership team, understanding their role and then helping them understand what you do as well. I always say this, it's about educating your SLT. And I think that is an mm. important role for the business manager. Because these people on SLT, I'm assuming at least some of them will want to be head teachers one day. And they'll need to understand this information. So it's a benefit to them to learn it now. Absolutely. And I think that's really key, particularly with our deputy heads. Um, you know, the, the time may come when our head decides to move on or, or and, and then it's it's knowing that you've got other staff who can take over that role, albeit on a permanent or a temporary basis with a with an understanding of of how things how things work, um, because mm -hmm. it isn't, you know, I, I, from my understanding, it, it's not something that's that's taught in teacher training or when you do your mpqh and that sort of thing um it's probably touched on but the the actual intricacies of it are so complicated i mean again coming from a special school perspective even more so that they need your help with that you you you've got to coach them through that to um to help them broaden their knowledge so I think if we said the key to the head teacher relationship is building trust, I think yep. the key to the SLT relationships is themed around patience. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, but trust as well. I think it comes in there as well, because although, you know, if, if I completely... If I completely screw up the budget, ultimately it falls on my head teacher's head. You know, they are ultimately responsible mm. for everything. The deputy head and the assistant heads, they've got a little bit more leeway there. So, but if, you know, if they're going to be successful heads, we have to, we have to show them how the budget works. We have to show them 
how you manage the site. You have to show them how to do those things because they're, they're not automatically going to know. Um, and yeah. I, I think, you know, again, it, it's absolutely key that you, that, that builds over time and they learn to trust you. And uh, I think yeah, trust is, is, is huge, really, really important, really important. So in terms of the head and the SLT, you know, we've talked about those relationships. Mm. What about those with the wider staff? How do we build those relationships? I I think, again, that's really key. You need to be able to work effectively together. I think if you support them, they'll then support you. I'd like to think I have a good uh, a good rapport with, with the majority of staff in school. They get frustrated sometimes by processes in school. You know, if they want something, um, we, you know, we, we've got a, a, an audit process we have to go through. They have to place an order. Um, and sometimes they just want to say, I need, say, for example, I need a box of Brit sticks. Yeah, but you need to fill in an order form because we need to know which budget budgets it's going to, well, you know which budget it's going to come out of. No, but I need documentary evidence. And what we've been trying mm. to do recently is to explain more to staff about the audit process and how we would love to be able to just give you this, but we have to be able, if an auditor dropped it in tomorrow, we need to be able to say, well, this is how the order started and this is this document, this is this document, and it all matches. So again, especially with a business manager's role, I think it is about explain not just saying to people, no, I can't do that. It's saying, I can't do that at the moment because of this. And it takes a little mm-hmm. bit longer to explain it, but I think over a period of time, they will get to understand why why sometimes you say no and why sometimes you have to say to them, well, you're going to need to go back to your key stage manager and get that signed off. I can't accept the order just from you. It's helping them understand that a key stage manager, will, in, in our school, for example, a key stage manager is responsible for a budget, a pathway manager is responsible for a budget. And although a member of staff might say, I need this for three days' time, we have to say, well, that's fine, but you need to get your key stage manager to agree it because that might not be something they've they've thought about and it will need to come out of their funds. So the thing I found in since I've been at my current school, I think previously there was almost a, a hint of mystery over how things mm. appeared. And I think it's been really important that we're open with people and we say, well, we can't do this because of this reason, um, but we can do it if you do this. So again, it's that open dialogue and again we're back to trust again it's if yeah we know they need things we know they need things to be able to do their jobs absolutely and we want to give them those things but unfortunately there is a process we have to go through but if we work together we can make it work so it's it's just being supportive of them and then there have been times when people you know our teaching assistants have been incredibly supportive of me when we've had really tricky times in the finance office um, and they check in on you. And I think if you, you again, if you look out for them, uh, they'll look out for you when you need them to. I've just been making notes of themes as we've been going through, and I've already accrued a bit of a list. So I've got patience, which we spoke about for yes. heads. No, not for heads, for SLT. <laughs> um, I've got trust for the head. I mean, all of these apply to everyone, I think. Yeah. Um, I think for staff, I've got support and clarity. Yes. And transparency, I think. Trans- I these are important yeah. to all relationships, yeah. but yeah. I think transparency is is key uh, with all of those absolutely and it's it's not it's not being aloof and awkward it's being supportive and helpful and 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 explaining I think that's that's really important and that will help those that will help those relationships build 
and, um, and, 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 and trust will build over time too. I think I'm just coming back to patience as you were talking then, because I'm thinking it's about being patient with people in terms of their learning curve, if you like, but also being patient and remembering because we know it. Sometimes we get so lost in the doing of things. Yes. So when we come up against someone, we think, I don't have time to explain it. Oh my God. You yes, know? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, that's one thing I found. Um, I have a lovely colleague I work with and, and she comes, sometimes it's just a, no, we can't do that. And sometimes I will dip in at that point and say, we can't do it because of this. But if you come mm. back with that, we can. And I think yeah. it's, it, it is that, I think, explaining and helping them understand why. It, it just take, it does takes that mystery out of it. And, and in future, then they'll come to you and they'll do the right thing. And it's not because they're being difficult. It's because they genuinely don't know. And, and we, yeah. have to, we almost have to train them. <laughs> To, to bring us the right bits and pieces, you know, to, to do the right thing. So we've talked about the head and the senior leaders and the, the wider staff in general. So let's look a bit wider now in terms mm -hmm. of governors. How do we manage our relationships with governors? I think governors you won't see as frequently as you do other members of the staff team. So obviously the leadership team runs a school on a daily basis on the governor's behalf. And the governors need to know they can trust you. So we're back to that word again. We're back to, to trust in a relationship. We've got a, a really supportive governing body at our school who keep in regular contact with the head teacher and myself. And I see that as, as key to a successful school. They've been incredibly supportive of us over the last 18 months, were beforehand um, and continue to be. They are, however, ready to challenge when they need to. And I'll be honest, and I found that really hard sometimes um, as their level of challenge can be quite, quite insistent. But with help from you, Laura, I now know why they do this. Um, and by spending, I, I, you know, I have been, I found it very hard. I've been quite upset by their challenges sometimes, but I now know why they do it. And um, I think by spending time building a relationship with them, it can help those challenging situations feel a little bit easier to manage. I've had, a, last year, I had a particularly tricky time um, when I had awful problems getting my budget agreed. Our governors mm. had agreed it. It went through to the local authority and they weren't comfortable with it because we were um, showing a deficit budget. So I then had to sit down, rewrite the budget. And it involved, in the end, three separate governors meetings. And the, my two finance governors did the role in my school before me. So they know the role very well. They know the finance part of the role very well. And that, that was quite a challenge. But I I think as much as those, the last 12, 18 months have been very hard because we've had some really quite tricky meetings and I've been quite challenged by those governors, um, I think it has helped build our relationship too because I've had conversations with them that, that have been quite tricky. But then we've actually sat down and they've said to me, but then we're having to, we've got to ask those questions. We need to evidence that challenge because we know we're in an Ofsted window. We knew that we know that fairly shortly we are likely to have an Ofsted visit and they need to be able to evidence the fact that they've asked those questions. And it's not that they're being difficult. They have a job to do. And I think I, I now better accept that. And um, our relationship has grown because of that. And it's, it's, it's uh, we've also, um, I try and share sort of more positive stuff with them as well. I think not just say, you know, when we've had the feedback from the local authority and say we've got to redo the budget, um, when we get positive stuff through, I try and share that with them as well now. And I do, 
appreciate the support and and help that they've given me over recent months. But that relationship with them has we've built over time. Um, I've been at the school three and a half years now, and I say it's probably only now I feel more comfortable working with them. That has mm. taken a little while, but you know you have to. Their job is to challenge, and their job is to to make sure that as a school we're doing the right thing. So. I think when you do have those contacts with them, it's important that that the you are again. It's about explaining. It's about helping them understand it from your perspective too. We we know that they are given information and advice from, in our case, Governor Services in Kent, and it's understanding that they're being told well, you need to look out for those things, and us explaining stuff to them. Because although I'm quite lucky in that my two finance governors are very familiar with the school and with the setup and with the finance setup in other schools that might be a little bit different so I think that's something mm. to be mindful of too. I've been in a position where I've had difficult relationships with governors as well and I think if you're feeling like your back's against the wall and maybe you're feeling vulnerable generally when you walk into that meeting and they start asking you those questions it does feel very personal. Yes. And I think it's trying to like you say keep that in mind at the forefront. They're doing their job they are doing this for a reason it is not a personal attack on me and because you're the one expected to answer and maybe you feel like you put on the spot and all of those things it can feel really like a really vulnerable time I think it really puts us on the back foot but it is like say keeping that mindset of they're doing their job and I'm doing mine absolutely and that advice you've given me Laura before when I've said to you about feeling very challenged when they're asking me questions in a meeting and uh, I would get myself in an awful flap over it and it, I just need to, you just need to take two minutes thinking time and go, no, 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 I, I'm not sure of the answer, but I, I can get that to you tomorrow. So they'll have that information. Yeah. I can then put that in the minutes. They've got, they've got the evidence that they challenged. They've got the evidence that they had the information afterwards. So, um, but yeah, they, again, they are a key, I feel a key relationship. Once you've, you've got your governors working with you, that again, helps the overall running of the school. And that's what we do, why we do what we do. Absolutely. Okay, so let's widen the lens again. Let's look at parents. Yeah, I think in our role, particularly building a relationship with parents can be hard as we're often office-based and and we don't have much time out and about meeting parents. And I'm fairly sure that some business managers probably don't see their role really involving parents that much. I suppose it depends what sort of school you work in and and, whether you're primary, whether you're secondary, whether you're part of a mat. It would be very different for other people. I know somebody in a central mat team would never see parents and they probably wouldn't yeah. see that as an important relationship. But one thing that I've found over the last 18 months is that some of our parents really do need our help and support. Um, and mm. I think the first thing I noticed when I was out on gate duty during the pandemic, because we we had our children coming in through, I think it was about 11 different doors and gates um, to try and keep numbers down in certain areas. And I was allocated a gate near two of our, I would like to call our bouncy classes. And um, and it was lovely seeing the children coming in, but it was lovely meeting the parents and saying good morning to them and seeing them at the end of the day. But I'd also see some of the others walk past. And over a period of time, they got to know who I was. I got to know who they were. And it was nice to have a bit of a natter. And and, and it, it what it did was give them another point of contact within the staff team. Um, mm. they then worked out, well, if I'm Tina, well, I, she must be the one who sends the free school meal vouchers. And then over a period of time, they, you know, I could say I, I, I update the website and I, I 
the, the person who sends out the messages in our communication app. And I could talk to those that weren't signed up and try and encourage them to sign up. So it was actually really key. That was, and I really enjoyed that contact with parents. They had a name then and a face that they could come to in school that wasn't this class teacher. And class teachers are, are very busy and they're probably not going to be particularly interested whether or not the parents signed on to the communication app. It's not really going to worry them that much, but it's something that we mm. want to encourage. So the other thing I really discovered was that so many of our parents have their own learning needs. And when they've had problems with the vouchers or using the app, they've been able to ring and talk to me or ask to talk to me in the office. And they've had more confidence in doing that. And, and I think that's been really important for them. And it's something I've really enjoyed as well, because I see that as a, a key part of my role. I like that that communication with parents. Again, some might not see that as part of their role, but I think because of how things have changed over the last 18 months, in actual fact, we have had more, I think we've had more contact. I know I have, I've had more contact with parents. And for, for some of those parents, it, it's given them that person they can confidently come to and not be embarrassed to ask a question. You know, they'll ring up and they'll say, I can't, you know, I've, I've had the email about the vouchers. But I, I can't get it to work. And I just sent them, send it through to me. What, what shop do you want? I'll get it sorted out and I'll send it back to you. Or do you want it printed off? And it's just made life a little bit easier for them. So, you know, that's not directly helping probably the rest of the staff team, but it is make, it's helping those parents feel I don't know, more settled and more confident and, and knowing that there's always another person they can go to with a what they might seem a random query to a teacher, but for probably a business manager or someone in the office, it's what we're asked every day. So um, I think, again, that, that's, been, that's been really important. And also the contacts you make with parents can lead to all sorts of other things. You might find then that you've got parents that have businesses that can potentially help the school out too. So if you build those relationships, it can lead to other stuff. Maybe even a parent governor. Indeed, indeed. Um, you know, every school has a few of those. And it's but until you start to have those conversations, they might be loath to come and, and sign up to that. But once they start to know people in school, that might help build their confidence and encourage them to do that. So surely that can only be a good thing too. I think as well, if there are school business leaders listening to this and it isn't a main part of your job or it's not some, you know, if it's not a group of people that you come into contact with regularly. It will probably be for someone on your team. So it's just being aware of those relationships and how your team manage those relationships as well, I think. That's very true, Laura, because, of course, even if you're a business manager stuck in a back office somewhere, you are likely to to have some um, leadership of the office team. So, you know, it might not be you, but it might be that one of your colleagues has a tricky time with a parent and you can help support them with that as well and maybe even turn it around and make it more positive. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Another group of people that come into our school quite regularly is contractors. Mm. Now, I know you've got some strong opinions on this one, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, th I think also having gone from one school to another school, that's, that's certainly made me look at how the relationship I built up in my first school has had a positive effect in my current school. And I think I've learned over the years a good relationship with contractors on site is really key to getting a job done. And for them to be a good sounding board and help in the future. So at my first school, I mean, I talked about the Crickle Windows. We had a 1970s building. It had a leaky flat roof, soak aways full mm. of silt. 
And um, in my first six weeks of being there, we had a major leak and flood damage. And um, oh. I'd never dealt with anything like that before, never. And um, But we, in Kent, we have a scheme we can sign up to, which is effectively, if you like, buildings insurance. Um, we pay oh. every month. And then if um, it basically it, it's to keep the building um, dry and warm, if you like. So it only covers certain things. So if your roof goes or your heating goes or there's a major problem with your plumbing, you contact the team and they will send a contractor out. And they have one particular contractor that they've used for quite a few years. And over a period of time, especially at my previous school, I got to know them very well. I knew the roofing guys. They were always on site. I got to know the plumbing guys. They were always on site. And I never knew I would be quite so knowledgeable when it came to soakaways, um, which was quite handy last November when the soakaway in front of our house went. And I became the leading expert in the house, which was quite entertaining. So, you know, I had no idea that I would know all of that. But I joked joked with the contractors that the local authority sent that I'd never expected to become so knowledgeable on drains and soakways. But over a period of time, I was there two and a half, nearly three years. I got to know the contractors. I got to know the site really well. And um, I had a good a good rapport with the contractors because we saw them all the time. And I can remember going along for my going to look around the school with the head teacher at my current school and looking at the site thinking, oh, this is yeah, this is a lovely new, it's a fairly new building. It was built in 2004. And thinking to myself, oh, you know what? I'll have no trouble here. This is going to be a doddle. I won't have mm-hmm. to do, there won't be any drain problems. There won't be any roof problems. That'll learn me. I should never, I should never have been quite so cocky. Um, because we have, we really have. So what I've discovered that the building, the, the, the relationships I've built in my previous school carried over to where I am now. And I have a team of roofers, plumbers, ground workers and painters who are supportive, reliable and make my life so much easier. I think, you know, we we learn so much about general site issues, health and safety, finance, personnel. But we learn so much more as we go along and carry out the role on a, on a day to day basis. And even you know, the contractors that come in under our class care scheme are generally the same ones and you don't get a say in who comes because they're part of that scheme and they just send them in but it's generally you know you know that you know the roofing team you know the drains team and that's really helped over the last three three and a half years when we had a huge a huge issue at school where um there was a patch of land which is sort of to one side of the school which was always completely waterlogged and uh, at one point, they just thought it was it was just a high water point, and they said, and we'd also got very very high water bills. Um, and then you kind of put two and two together. So my, so my predecessor, my current um, one of my governors who who did the job before me, she spent years arguing with the with the water companies, <laughs> saying these bills can't be right. We must have a water leak somewhere. And they go, no, 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 there's no water leak. We go, well, there's a blinking great pond at the bottom end of the field <laughs> with bulrushes in it. And that didn't used to be there. <laughs> no, they were adamant. It, they were, anyway, so then we 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 used our, our our class care scheme and got contractors in to come and have a look, saying it has to be a leak. It absolutely has to be a leak. And they were the guys I'd known from my previous school, and we all had a laugh. And I said, oh, you know, I didn't think I'd be seeing you again. And here we all are. And it was a leak. And um, we eventually got it fixed two years ago. And I've spent the last two years then trying to work with building relationships with the water companies <laughs> to try and get the water bill <laughs> sorted out. 
Uh, we've, we've cracked it. In the last three weeks, we've actually had an accurate water bill, which is nothing short of a blinking miracle. Well uh, done. It's taken so long, but it has been by talk. It, it's been about talking to people. It's been about working with the contractors initially, working out what the problem was, talking to them when they were on site, negotiating. And then again, once you're dealing with the water company and you're saying, well, yeah, you might have put a meter in, but the meter's not working negotiating again and then and again it's about negotiating it's about trust them trusting that what you're telling them is true you trusting them and knowing that what they're telling you is wrong (laughs) but again it's 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 all about that and I think it's obviously you're going to have you build those you build those relationships with those contractors and I think that's really important for for jobs moving forward but the the vital thing is to remember obviously you're going to have, you, you've got to remember that you've got processes such as three quotes if it goes over the amount in your finance policy, but to have a go-to team of people who you trust and they know they can trust you is is really important. And I think particularly for news, a lot of this, these things for older business managers will think, well, it's what I do. But for somebody who's coming into the role who, and who's probably told, well, you know, site's really important, finance is really important, you need to do this, this, this and this to keep at the back of your mind that every time you speak to somebody, every time you speak to a contractor or to a delivery person or to your catering providers or the, the, the way you work with them, if you do it well, will see you well for a long time. I think mm. that's the thing that's, that's really important. And we've got some guys on site at the moment. So our building, although the first part of the building was built in 2004, we then had an extension in 2010 and another one in 2017. The 2017 building's not looking too shabby at the moment, which is a relief, so that's all right. The middle build we had painted and tidied up last year because um, that had taken a bit of a battering and the flooring needed doing. And basically when it had been built, it had been built cheaply by the local authority. Mm. So we, we did that last year. But we've got the contractors back in, the same painting team that did... Um, primary last year we're doing secondary for us this year and they're such a nice bunch and they crack on and we know they're you know we know they don't mess us about and again the relationship that myself and my site manager have with Graham and his team I think really helps the job move along well so we trust them in that we know they'll just get on with it they trust us in that they know where everything is and they know that we'll look after them and they're quite happy. They'll come in for the full six weeks of the holidays. They work so hard. It's we're 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 very lucky. But again, that's that's built over time. We've we've worked at that. And I think if you work with those individuals, they'll help you. I think also you can pay it forward because if you are working with really good contractors, you can recommend them to other people and say, "Well, we work with these people and they they do great things." Absolutely. You know? We we've done that as well. We we I've recommended our our painters and decorators. So the, the the company that we use, they are our painters and decorators. They've also done some sort of small build projects for us. Um later in the holidays, there's one of their teams is splitting one of our halls into a classroom and a small hall because we've been asked by the local authority to take on an extra class. So we've worked with them on that as well. And if we've got a, a small group of business leaders in the local town and um, and we, you know, we do say, oh, who do you use for this and who do you use for that? And we do. We say, you know, or oh, we use them and, and we recommend them. And you can get some really good support that way as well. So and we had some work done. We had some canopies built in the Easter holiday, already recommended them. 
another school is going to be using them. So like you say, it, it works both ways. I think with contractors, obviously, we want to have positive relationships for all the reasons that you've said. And it's never ideal to have a bad relationship with any stakeholder or member of staff. But I think if you have a bad relationship with a contractor, especially if you're tied in to a contract with somebody, you know, can you have you got any stories about that? Because I think showing the impact of a negative relationship with a contractor yeah. would also show the other side of the coin. Absolutely. I mean, we had so we go back to the water issue again. We were using we, I ended up at one point, we'd got the, we were trying to sort out the water leak. That was being dealt with by um, the local authority insurance scheme, if you like. But I had three water companies to deal with. I had Southern Water, Mid-Kent Water um, and Business Stream. So um, Southern Water had initially been our water providers. Mid-Kent Water, um, no, Southern were our waste. Mid-Kent were our providers. Um, and then one of them had had stopped and business stream had taken over so business stream were dealing with our waste so then as I was trying to sort the bills out with those three companies at that point mid-Kent changed to Castle Water so I was then dealing with four companies um, wow. and some of the conversations I was having with some of those individuals were really quite strained and it was about <laughs> I suppose I would be as professional as I could be but in a forceful fashion <laughs> just to try, just to try and get things moving, and and I, the, the the thing that worked for me, I, I I'm a strong believer in not going in all guns blazing, shouting and screaming. It's it's about and you know I would imagine that ninety nine percent business managers would do the, exactly the same thing. Kind of a bit of a softly softly approach. Going were you aware of this? Are you able to help us with this? And and just working from there. I think it's. I don't. I, I don't believe that um, throwing your weight around gets you anywhere. Really, I may have done it gently a couple of times, um, but normally, normally a, a measured conversation will get you an awful lot further. I know that if somebody comes to me and is reasonable with me, they're going to get a better response than if they come to me and say, "You've not paid this bill. I want it now." Yeah. I'm more likely to say, "Okay, well, let me look in. I'll, I'll look into it." But yeah, I think. Um, Always consider your approach. Always consider your response because that will have a, an effect on, on how things move forward after that. But the water companies definitely, at one point when I was dealing with four of them, once I had somebody's name and I could keep going back to that same person. But I think that also yeah. evidences the fact that once you've got a, a name and once you've once there's sort of that, that personal touch, it, it helps you sort something out. And if we feel like that when we are trying to deal with other companies, that's how people feel when they're trying to work things out in school as well, I would imagine. And so it, it is about that that personal touch and 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 being that go-to person, I suppose. I was thinking of all the relationships that I've had with contractors, positive and negative, and they're all flooding back. But you're absolutely right. Throwing around can only get you so far, and usually that's not very far. It's certainly not going to fix the relationship, is it? No, no. And I think if you're going to work with those people moving forward, you you can't you can't jeopardize that relationship by having a, a hissy fit with them mm. uh, it's it's finding a, a a way that you can both you can both be happy with the result generally you can do that there's normally a, there's normally a way to do it okay let's leave contractors there before we go too far down that rabbit hole because i i won't share my stories um <laughs> but in terms of local businesses what about local businesses because obviously you know contractors have a direct relationship with you but you know other yep. businesses in your community yeah, and I think again, build these from an early point, and you'll always have an ally. 
our slightly random relationship is with Matalan. Um, we are our school is just out sort of on the edge of town, um, and there's a Matalan just over the road from us, and they have a big public car park for customers, and then they have a slightly smaller car park, but still quite big, um, at the back of the store. And um, they don't use that very much. So um, we've kind of we've got this relationship with them now that on a sports day, on a large event day, we've got an agreement that as long as we've spoken to them about it first, people can park over there and it saves um, parking wars on site. It seems like probably a, quite an insignificant thing, oh, it's but not it helps wars you. Are to... awful. <laughs> Um, and even if it's, I mean, what we've agreed with them before is that staff can park over there in the morning so that when parents turn up, because some of our parents might have mobility issues, um, our parents turn up and they can use the main school car park. Mm. Um, so that's that's one thing. I mean, we we, um, we currently we have been using a local butcher for our kitchen. That's going to change soon because, and that's a real shame because we're, we're changing our catering over. Um, so we've built a good relationship with our local butcher. And... One thing I've tried to do with our school Twitter account is to follow local businesses. They then follow us back. They see what we're doing. We can see what they're doing. Um, and to try and start that kind of that a, a debate and conversations with, with local businesses too. And I know other business managers have fantastic relationships with local businesses and get all sorts of things from them. Mm. But I think that's definitely something where if you have the time, that's definitely something worth pursuing for us. It helps with our car parking, which, as we all know, is always an issue in schools. But you might be, have other local businesses near you who can help you in different ways. So um, I say that that's always a, a good option, too. I think as well, it's about making, like, say, local businesses aware what's going on in the school and ways in which they might be able to help, you know, get involved. Like yeah. I say, either provide you with a resource or contribute to a project or even, you know, work with the children in some way. Yeah, I mean, we've we've. I mean, a couple of other ones we've used. We had a um uh, a little a coffee van. That, there's a, a park not far from us, and they had a a coffee van there at the weekends. And I approached them on Sunday because we talked about a way of of supporting staff somehow, but sort of staff well being. And um, I I sort of spoke to them when they were out at the park one day and said, "Would you like to park at our school one day and come and serve everybody a cup of coffee and a piece of cake?" Mm. And um, and they went, "We'd love to." We'd love to do it. Um, so they came and did that. So, and by doing that, they, you know, they put us in touch with other people as well. And we can, you know, hopefully we'll use them again one day. All of the people who had a couple from them that day had a voucher to go again, again. And um, so I think, it, it, you know, it helps them out as well, because I think particularly over the last few months has been quite challenging for some some local businesses. You know, we've got... 200 and nearly 230 staff on site so if we can you know we, we did a we helped them out they helped us out hugely but hopefully we've helped them out a little bit too so yeah like you say it's kind of it's reciprocal then isn't it mm. they're, they're they're doing things for us but we can hopefully help them too I think that's the theme isn't it that's gone through this it's the dialogue it's the transparency it's building trust and supporting each other it's not you know no relationship is a one-way street no and I think it's you know, we talk so much of all the things we have to do in our job, but this is something that we probably don't talk about very much. And I think because of the nature of our role and how many people we're dealing with every week, it's it's possibly one of the most important parts that can make things successful um, or can, can really help 
push things forward. So, you know, it's, it's not going to be in any textbooks. It's not going to be something that you, you study on your CSBM or your DSBM, but it's something that I think any business manager who's been in their role for some time will know it's been a key part mm. of, of, of how, they've, how they've managed to get things done. And kind of expanding on that, you know, we are the only ones in our schools, school business leaders. So I think us mm. building relationships with other school business leaders is also key for our own well-being and mental health. Completely. I think anyone who's been a part of the school business leader Twitter will know what an amazing network of support that provides. Mm. I'm really lucky. I've got a local group of school business leaders that keep in regular contact with me who can help advise about local suppliers or contractors and get and general advice. So, you know, we ask who's, you know, who did they recently have done, who did their pack testing? Anybody know who can put up a fence? Can you suggest anyone to get cleaning supplies from? Because ours has put the prices up and we don't want to pay that anymore. Um, so that link, and there's only about, I'm trying to think, there's probably, I think there's about 15 in the group because it's meant to be, um, so it's the Central Ashford team of schools. And so it involves one secondary and a group of primaries and then us as a special. And there's a lot of schools that don't involve themselves in it. But I find it is a really key resource. You can just sort of fire off an email to the group and say, who do you use for that? And you'll get probably six or seven replies normally. Mm. And it just points you in the right direction. It can save you a whole heap of work. So I think um, that's, you know, that those local links are really, really useful. But then I've kind of got my countrywide network on Twitter and that's been invaluable. I've learned so much from my colleagues and with both of those groups, both the Central National Team of Schools and the, the national kind of network through Twitter, um, both of those groups have led to face-to-face meetings and relationships are built over time. And I, I would say I've made some friends for life through my contacts on Twitter. It was sort of people that I... I, you know, we talk about trust people I trust. And I know that if I had something I really wanted to to thrash out with somebody, I know I've got contacts on Twitter that I could go to, can you help me with this? What, what, what would you do if you were in this situation? Mm. And I think the relationships we make over networking opportunities can be invaluable. Um, I've seen some of them at edexec when that's been, and at um, ISPO conferences. And I know that without meeting those people, even if I only met them for half an hour, you've then you've, you have the contact with them on Twitter. You've then met them for real. We've met them in other situations as well. And and I wouldn't be the school business manager I am without the support I receive from others. And I really hope that there's been occasions when someone's asked me something and I've helped them feel the same way. And I think those those relationships we build through those networks are uh, enormously important because even you know even if you've been a business manager for a while you're always going to come across something that you've not had to deal with before yeah. and it's always nice to have somebody else that you can go to and say have you done this what did you do or or even if they haven't just to have someone that you can talk to and say what do you reckon is it worth trying this mm. and for new school business managers and I, I would imagine quite a few new school business managers listen to your podcasts I would say network, meet with people, interact on Twitter because you'll get so much information from that and you will build friendships that will see you through all sorts of um, really challenging difficulties, you know. Like a pandemic. In my three, 
like a <laughs> pandemic. You know, in my three and a half years where I am now, we had the we had what we call Watergate. We've had um, which which has lasted for years, but advice and support I've had from where else has been other places have been amazing we have had apparently there's been a global pandemic and that's caused some people some work yeah and we've always been there's always been somebody that you can go to even if you are just shouting about about Eden Red and how completely <laughs> incompetent they are but that you're not alone yeah. and I think sometimes because you are the only one in the school that does what you do it's really nice to know that you're not the only person that does it and other people are doing it and other people are really struggling sometimes too it's a it's an amazing job it's a, a, a fascinating job it's never a dull job but sometimes it's a really hard job and it's on those days when it's really really hard and nobody else in school understands that's when those relationships with other business managers come in and you can just go to one of them and say I don't think I want to do this anymore and they go oh, I don't. yes no, you'll be fine tomorrow's another day yep. tomorrow's going to be all right and and you'll get through so I think I think that's 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 really important. So, you know, so many people have helped me in the past and I really hope that as I learn stuff and do stuff that I can help other people too. I talk about SPL Twitter on this podcast a lot, as you know. I, you know, I, and I've had people follow me, you know, who have actually joined Twitter recently and I'm thinking, I wonder if they came from the uh -huh. podcast. <laughs> oh, cool. That would be good if they did. That would be good. I, I hope so. If you are listening and you're not on Twitter, do come and find us and follow us. You know, like Tina said, it's such a hard job sometimes you know it can drive you crazy mm. and you know when I do the podcast I have messages about the podcast and the emails that I send and the events that I do and it's all about I feel less alone and that's what this is about isn't it this network and these relationships just remember you're not alone yep. when you sat in your office and everything feels like it's on fire around you you are still not alone no no absolutely by all means take a biscuit out the biscuit tin or have that slice of cake because that will help initially and then once you've had that thinking time over that biscuit or that cake then go and find somebody there's going to be somebody who has been through exactly what you've been through and will be able to help you undoubtedly there's probably 15 people who have been through the same thing as you mm -hmm. if you build that network and build those relationships someone will be able to help you someone will be able to support you you are not on your own Wow, we have covered a broad spectrum of people here. And I think we do have themes, I think, don't we? We've got patience, we've got trust, we have support mm. and clarity and transparency and dialogue. Yeah. And I don't know, what, what word would you use to sum up the relationships with other school business leaders? Obviously, all of those. But is there anything that stands out especially? I think a kind of mutual respect. I think relationships build over time when there's mutual respect. Mm. And I think when we work with people, whether they're, employed by us working for us as a contractor or, you know or you know alongside us as a member of the leadership team it's the the very basic things that can improve an ongoing work relationship so trusting each other respecting each other's knowledge I think that's key within a leadership team mm. there will be people who know the teaching side of things but you know it's people understanding that we we do under we do get what happens on site and we do understand the budget and we have to acknowledge each other's acknowledge each other's knowledge to, to be able to continue together mm. um, and appreciating each other listening to each other and whilst the relationship you have with a contractor is going to be very different to the relationship you have with a parent both are really important and I think I think strongly that ultimately you'll be able to carry out your work far more effectively if you take time working with people and forging those links I think that's really really important 
I think that's a really positive note to end on. And I think if you've been in a school business leadership role for a while, you know, you will have come across this and you will do this and probably listen thinking, I do this already. But for those who are maybe new to the role or thinking about coming in, yeah. you know, start very early on, start from the outset, building those relationships. Yeah, I think yeah, someone who's who's been doing it forever in a day, this will probably be of very little interest to them because they'll think, well, no, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've done. And that's why I've I've managed to achieve all those things. But I think someone who's who's starting out relatively new um, and finding their feet, I, I would say it's one of the things you're you're not taught, but is incredibly important. And something that to most of us comes quite easily as well. It's not something that that takes lots of training you know we're all good at talking so mm-hmm. it is about talk and that's yep. what it is it's about talking to people it's about talking to it's also about how you talk to them how you listen as well and just building that that trust um over time and then before you know it you'll have this amazing relation working relationship that you can you know you can support other people they can support you and um, and it will be a huge benefit to your school I think the way you've articulated this, Tina, is really powerful. And I think even if you are an experienced school business leader, you will be working with people that probably need to be able to learn some of these things. So it might help you have that conversation. (laughs) So even if you just point someone else in the direction of this podcast, or even if it helps you to put it into words, what you want to say to them, maybe that will help as well. Absolutely. No, that's very true. Because you may have members of your team that, you know, if you work in a large school and you might have members of your team that maybe aren't quite so good at this but if they um listen to this they might even if it just gives them a little hint of something they could try Mm. hopefully there'll be a small improvement I don't know (laughs) if anyone's got any questions for you Tina or if they want to get in touch with you where can they find you I'm always on Twitter, um, as as any of my Twitter followers will know. Um, I'm at Special SBM on Twitter, um, so they can find me there. And they can, if it's something that they don't want to say in front of everyone else, they can DM me. Otherwise, I'm happy to have a chat on there. Thank you so much, Tina. I've really enjoyed you coming on the podcast today. Obviously, I know I know you quite well, but I'm so glad that you've come on and shared your wisdom with everybody else. I really appreciate it. I, I'm 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 glad I did it. I will be honest, and, and Laura knows that I I was ready to bottle this a week ago and I wasn't quite ready to be 10% braver and do it I'm really glad I did now I'm really glad I did thank you I do appreciate it and you know that's what it is anyone else who's listening and thinking "Hmm, I wonder if I should be on the podcast it is 10% braver and I will be there to help you every step of the way she will (laughs) thank you Laura if you've listened to this podcast and you are not yet part of a school business leadership network group whether it be SBL Twitter or Facebook or something local or in your region, then that is where I would advise you to start. Yes, the role can be lonely, but you are never alone. So reach out and find your people. If you've got any questions or you'd like to continue the conversation about anything you've heard in today's episode, you can find Tina's details and mine in the show notes on my website at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk. If you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device and you like what you've heard, it would be great if you could rate and review the show as it makes it easier for others to find it. Thank you so much to everyone who has left a review already. I read and I appreciate every single one. You can rate and review the show by selecting the show in the Apple Podcast app, scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review. This show is available in all of the podcast directories Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.